That's where it starts. Say, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you use your mouth to frame the world you're going to walk into. When God gives you a word, He's going to give you a word that's going to produce something that doesn't currently exist in your life. One person got that. I said, when God gives you a word, that word is going to grow up to produce something that does not exist in your life. So God speaks light into darkness. He speaks order into chaos. He produces things where there is nothing. And He does it with His word. And if you will position yourself to be a bride with clean hands and pure hearts, fully surrendered unto serving God, He will come and impart vision into you to birth things in the earth for His kingdom and His glory. Mm, Shaka Zulu, baby. I feel the brew. I feel the sauce from the boss. I feel the sap flowing through the vine. Maybe it's just the Colombian, but. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word, Lord. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's living, active, and powerful. It divides between soul, spirit, joint, marrow. It goes into the very intentions and thoughts of the heart. I thank you, Father, that your word is light and it brings life. Lord, let it expose darkness. Let it expel darkness. Let it change us and transform us from the inside out. I thank you for the anointing, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God, Lord. Let it break yokes. Let it break chains. Let it break mindsets today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for the, the Holy Ghost flow. Uh, the dunamis, the energeo of the Holy Ghost flowing in this place, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I thank you today, Father, that people walking in here will not leave here the same way they came in. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is working on the inside of each and every one of us. It is like radiation, Lord God, going on the inside. Let the light of the glory of God penetrate the hearts of your people today. Let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Let wisdom and understanding be poured out in this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you. Slap him a high five. Tell him Jesus is alive. Say, you're going to get it today. So if you're here for the first time today, we just want to welcome you. Welcome to the tribe. We have a lot of fun around here. And uh, today, we're just going to jump back into where we left off last week. Uh, the beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is prepare the congregation for a season of divine increase on every side. He gave me Deuteronomy chapter six, where it talks about houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant. And then it goes on to say, when you have eaten your fill in the land, do not forget the Lord your God who delivered you from captivity in Egypt. And so for the last six to eight months now, we've been talking about solid foundations, We've been talking about setting up the boundaries and preparing ourselves for the increase that's coming. Look at the person next to you. Say, we've been prepared for divine increase in 2024. And we're going to see an explosion and increase in ways we've never understood before. You say, how is that going to happen? It is not by might, 
nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. This doesn't just happen because this year we decided this was the year of divine increase. Great slogan, put up a banner. I think that sounds wonderful. No, the reason we're stepping into divine increase is because the Lord has been working us with, with us for the last three, four years, just preparing us for this moment right here on this property. But we've been working since 2007 already to get where we are today. This is not just a thing that happens overnight. No, we heard the word of the Lord and we stepped out to obey Him and we've been walking with the Lord for 15 years. And if you're faithful in little things, there comes increase and there comes abundance. Can I get an amen? You're looking for a get-rich-quick scheme? That's not how it works. If you can tap into the vision, if you can tap into the plan of heaven, if you can discover what the will of God is, and you say, Lord, I will serve your will and see your kingdom come and your will be done, God. Yes, here we are. We'll put our agendas aside. We'll put building our homes aside. We'll put all the things we want to do aside, and we'll dedicate and commit our lives to serving you. Let your kingdom come. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. And when you lay yourself down, there's a price to pay. It's called surrender. I give up my life so that I can live in your life. And that's what Jesus said. He made it very clear. He said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower... I like it better. I like it better uh, when I am following you. So we sing the song and we get happy about it. But when you walk out the door, are you really following Jesus? Does your life reflect what you sang and boogied down to? I love singing that song. But do you love living the life? Let it rain. When we had the monsoon, I read in my journal, I wrote down the monsoon of 2019. I still have scars. For those who weren't here at the monsoon of 2019, we did a whole evangelism outreach event. We brought a, an evangelism team in. We, we flyered. We marketed. We got the property ready. We, we went for it. And we had, when the event started, at the moment the event started, we had the most horrific rainfall that we had ever seen in the history of Florida. It destroyed the whole event. Like everything got destroyed. Even the beautiful grass, people were riding through it, it got muddied. It was horrible. I almost quit the ministry. I prom I was ready, Gigi. I was ready. I said, Lord, I was doing this for you. The problem was the Lord never told me to do it, so that's probably what happened. If you want to be my disciple, you must give up your own way. Otherwise, the monsoon of 2019 will come. You need to take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake... You will save it or you will find it. And so what we have to do, guys, is when we come to Christ, when we come to know the Lord, we have to surrender our lives. There is a surrendering. 
There is a death process that you go through, just as Jesus walked the Calvary road to the cross. And death is a slow, painful process. You wish that you could give up the old life just in an instant. Jesus, rip it out of me and just let me walk in in the new life you have for me. But there's a renewing of your mind. It's available to you, but you have to be transformed in how you think. And we grow up in a world without God. We don't know the Lord unless you have godly parents that teach you how to tap into the presence of God at a young age and help you discover relationship with the Lord at a young age. I'm so blessed that our kids have got it. And the kids that come to our centers are going to get it. Amen. We're not just some form of godliness. No, we are truly bringing kids into encounters with God at a young age so they can know who they are in Christ and so that they can step into their destiny. Not having to go through three and five years of college trying to figure out what we want to do, racking up student debt and all kinds of craziness. Let them get indoctrinated by Marxist teachers. Don't get me started. We're going to raise them up in the things of God right here and in the nations. Amen. And I don't know where I was, but that was a great point right there. Matthew 10, 37 through 39 says, If you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. And if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And so there's the laying down of your life. What does that look like? You have to surrender your will. Not my will, God's will. If you don't surrender your will, you'll never know the will of God. Uh, that's like a, the, that's an atomic bomb right there. Look at the person next to you and tell him, if you do not surrender your will... You will never know the will of God. You can try tap the will of God for your life, but you'll never know it until you are ready to die to your life and say, God, no more my life. I'll only live your life. There is a consecration. There is a surrender that happens with the will. Do you know if you do not surrender your mind, you will never know the mind of Christ? There, nothing just happens. If there's no death to self, there's no life in Christ. And there are, there are certain parts of your soul that you're still holding on to that you won't let go of because you want to be in control. Say, so why are you talking this way? Because I walked this road. I know what it is. I want to help you get through the wilderness in seven days instead of wandering for 40 years. But the only way through is to die to self. And so the mind wants to be in control. You want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to have evidence of speaking in tongues. You want the fruit of the Holy Ghost. You want the gifts of the Holy Ghost, but you won't surrender your mind. So you're controlling everything because you're worried about what people think about you. And you'd rather be pleasing to people than you would be to God. And you have an ego and you have pride and identity that you have to lay down before you'll tap into the mind of Christ. And people struggle because they say, I don't know how. 
You have to die. You have to let go. You have to come to the end of yourself. You have to say, God, no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I reckon myself dead. And you have to live this way every single day. You've got to pick up your cross daily to follow him. It's a daily life of living as a, as a living sacrifice on the altar. Not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. That means in the moment I have a choice to cuss you out or to walk in love. I go to the cross. I say, no, Nicholas, shut your mouth. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter what you think about this person. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. It keeps no record of wrong. I take myself to the cross. I crucify myself there. And then I act like Christ Jesus in the moment. Are you with me? Do you understand what I am saying? Comprende. Verstaanjele. That's Afrikaans for do you understand. So, you have, if you never consecrate your sight, your eyes to God, you'll never see visions and have dreams. Because your imagination is vain and it's, you're thinking on things that please self. I remember the day. Oh, man. Whew, I feel the anointing right now. I remember the day. We were in the Oleander building over on Oleander. Yeah. So I was doing a series on... On the sword of the Spirit. And, and Hebrews, that scripture that I quoted, I said, the, the, the sword of the... Help me, Jesus. It's active and alive, yeah. The Colombian. Let me go to Hebrews and read it. Because if I can find Hebrews. Man. I, and you know how that feels, right, Selena? You get hit with the presence and then you just get... You just get whacked. You just lose all consciousness of this realm. You forget everything you're doing, and you're like, I mean, I'm a speaker up here. I'm trying to look dignified and know what I'm talking about. And it's streaming. My mother's watching in Africa. Hey, Mom. And then you've got to read the Bible, and then it doesn't make sense. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul, spirit, joint, and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we're accountable. Pastor, will you, will you hold me accountable? No. Right there. Jesus, He'll hold you accountable. You're going to put that on me? Hold you accountable? Lazy bones? You go to Jesus. Ask him to hold you accountable. And then if he gives me a word, I'll tell you about it. 
Amen. And so this passage of Scripture, I was meditating on it every day. I was like just preaching. I was talking to myself. It was just rolling around in my spirit all the time. And then Sunday morning rolled around. Everything's rolling. And um, we had worship going. And suddenly, um, I just felt the Holy Spirit bubbling on the inside of me. I went into the service. And as I walked into the service, I went into a vision. And I saw this, you know how the apostle, uh, is it Peter? It was Peter. Peter said he was up on the rooftop praying, and then he went into a vision where he saw this white sheet get let down, and there were all these creatures on it. And the Lord said, Peter, uh, kill and eat. And Peter's like, no, Lord, I don't touch unholy, unclean things. And the Lord says, what I call holy is holy, right? And so I went into this vision where I seen this white screen come in front of me, and the screen unzipped. And as it unzipped, I saw a cross that was on fire. It was a burning cross on fire that came towards me, and it pressed right into my imagination. And it burnt on the inside of my mind. I, 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 I was actually asking uh, my spiritual mom, I said, you know the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. I said, your soul is also your mind. Why would it say soul and mind in that same passage of Scripture? And she said to me, the word mind is not mind, it's imagination. And I was like, I've never consecrated my imagination to the Lord yet. And so I was telling the Lord, Lord, come with your sword, come with your fire. I give you my imagination. If there's anything in my imagination that is not pleasing to you, come and burn it out of me. And I went into this encounter. You see, your prayers get answered, guys. But if you're just praying for stuff instead of transformation, you'll never change. You're praying, change this person. You're saying, change that person. Lord, give me this thing. Lord, oh, help me with this one, Jesus. And so you're praying for all kinds of stuff, but you're not praying to be transformed into the image of Christ. And that's your destiny. And the way that you get transformed is you have to have the fire of God and you have to have the living Word of God come in you and change you. Pastor Selena had an encounter here in worship last week. She had stuff in her subconscious that was still comparing. It wasn't conscious. It was subconscious. She dealt with the conscious stuff, but there was still something rooted in there. She chopped, chopped the tree off with the fruits, but there was still some root down there. And you can say, oh, Lord, make me in your image. Lord, I want to know your image. You only begin to know the image of God when you see the face of God. That's where you're changed. But you, if you'll meditate on the Word and you'll pray over the Word and you'll say, Lord, let this Word come alive in me. Because He is the living Word. Then the light comes. It's a sharp sword. The word, Jesus' mouth is a two-edged sword, but it is also light, and it penetrates you in your innermost being, and it exposes the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart. Stuff that's deep down that medication can't fix. That you can't numb. That you can't switch off. It sits in the innermost being, and only the surgeon the doctor, Jesus, can go in there and remove stuff out of you. And I tell you, that day, that, that 
flaming cross went into me and began to purify my imagination. Then I saw the hand of the Lord come, grab the top of the the cross and turn it round, and it became a flaming sword. And he pushed it into me. It wasn't like stabbing me to death. It was like a surgical operation the Lord was doing on the inside of me. And he pushed the sword into me and he pulled it out of me. And there was a mass that was being consumed by fire on it. And this is where you change, guys. You change when you encounter him. And that's what we're pursuing with all our heart. We can have programs. We can entertain you. But it's not about programs. It's about His presence, and it's about encounters with the Lord. And pure conference coming up, you're never going to be the same. I, I, I just know it. What God's getting ready to do in this house, in this ministry, for where we're going, we're an apostolic house, and God is going to equip people with gifts in this season. As we're crossing, oh, I'm prophesying right now, into 2023, the, the Jewish New Year, into 2024, God is going to unlock spiritual gifts in this house to make this house solid so that we can take the nations from the city of Fort Pierce. You who have been faithful, who've been standing at the door, who have been greeting people faithfully every single week, you making coffee, you working in the sound booth, you working with children, coming under the vision here saying, we believe in what you said, God. We will serve in this house. As our pastors have said yes to you, Lord, we give our yes. And we will do whatever it takes to work as a body to see the vision fulfilled. And as you've come under and as you've walked alongside and as you put your hand to the plow and as you've paid the price, you will see the increase in this season. And then you get people from the outside. They try to jump on the bandwagon, but they don't give their life to it. And I wish you the best of luck. No, I know how things work. The minute something's going on, you have people from the outside, they come in and they want to take platform, but they've never paid the price because they come with their own visions and their own agendas. And we have weeded that out. Our praise and worship keeps the religious out of here. It's by design, trust me. If you can't make it through praise... You don't even stand a chance around this tribe. Everything we do tests your heart to find out if God really called you here or if you're just coming to take something. Wow, you just cleared out half the church. No, let me tell, let me, I'm on the bandwagon now. You got these church hoppers. They're like grasshoppers. <laughs> they go church to church looking for what suits them. They're critical and they're judgmental. They've never done anything to serve the house of God, but they think they have authority to tell the church how to get it done. Like they, the fivefold ministry that have been called by God to judge the church. Opinions, little criticisms. And they just hop church to church, looking for the next thing. And until, if you're watching, 
Until you surrender your life, until you give your life to Christ, nothing begins to move in your life. And you have to decide who your pastor is. Who is your spiritual authority that God has called you to? I have spiritual authority in my life, even though we have a ministry for 15 years. Even though we're an international ministry, we still have overseers and we have ministers that we are submitted to. Faithfully, not this week you're my apostle and next week you're my prophet and next week you're my pastor. And they, they come into the church and they say, Pastor, we love you. We love your ministry. We're with you. And then two weeks later, they're criticizing you on social media. They don't even have the balls to tell you to your face. You said balls. That's what I said. Look at the person next to you say, you got to grow up. It's kids that complain and have opinions and all that stuff. But mature people walk in love and they take their responsibilities serious and they actually do something to build the kingdom. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Look at the person next to you say, it's a sword and it cuts out motives. And that just sprung up and I thought I'd just do some surgery. I'm really happy. I'm not mad. Look at the person next to you say, it is the Lord who is the gardener. And he prunes. And he prunes with his word. Yeah, he's going to cut you. You cut me deep, Shrek. All right, so let's read that in John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Look at the person next to you and say, he doesn't just cut dead things, diseased things, and broken things. He prunes living things. Things that are alive in you that you don't want to give up, he comes and prunes those things. Lift your hands in the air and say, Lord, come prune. You're the, you're the gardener. If there's anything dead on the inside of me, if there's anything broken on the inside of me, anything diseased on the inside of me, and even anything that's living, that you need to remove from my life. I give you permission, God, to do it in me today so I can bear more fruits. Hallelujah. You've already been pruned by and purified by the message I have given you. Now remain in me. Look at somebody and say, stop hopping around. Remain in me. And I, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So we were talking about the sap that flows from 
the trunk into the branches. If your branch gets severed from the trunk, there is no flow of sap into you. And without the sap, there is no flower and there is no fruit. You dry up and you die. You can go look at the pine trees out here. Some of the trees we have around. The trees are alive. Certain branches are flourishing, but then others are just dead. Insects have got them or, I don't know, the wind broke something. And you do not want to be a branch that's broken. You do not want to be a branch that is severed from the vine. And the enemy wants to divide you from the vine. He wants to separate you from the trunk because he knows if he separates you from the flow of the Holy Spirit, you will dry up, you will be fruitless, you will be flowerless, and you'll produce nothing. You can be a Christian sitting in church and be fruitless. You can sit in this place in the atmosphere where people are encountering the glory of the Lord and you're in the seat and you're dead. And I know how the enemy operates. He's caught me in a few traps, but I have kind of got wise. I know his tricks. And what's really, really cool is that when you understand the tools that you have been given, the Lord has given me the fire of God. He couldn't call me to do what I'm doing without equipping me to do what I'm called to do. So I got the fire of God. Look at the person next. You say the Holy Ghost and fire. And what does the fire do? It comes to burn. It comes to purify. Fire protects you. You know what else fire does? Anything the enemy set up to stop you from fulfilling what God's called you to do, the fire walks with you and burns you right through it. Because it is an all-consuming fire, and the enemy doesn't have a chance to touch it. You know what else we got? We got the Word of God, the living Word of God. It is a two-edged sword that you can speak to mountains and they will move. You can use your words to create things that do not exist. You can use your words to frame things that God has said, and then you can walk right into the reality of those words. Just like you get pregnant, ladies. We have to clarify that nowadays. Some people, their biology lesson missed, they got, they missed the biology lesson. I can't believe we have to talk about, actually help people understand that only women can get pregnant. I can't believe we live in a day and age where people have lost their marbles. It's crazy, bro. That's why we got to go to the men's conference. Come back real men, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So when a woman gets pregnant, there's a seed on the inside of her. She knows she's pregnant. She feels she's pregnant. What does the pregnancy promise? A child that's born. And so when God gives you a word, it's a seed that impregnates your spirit, man. And when he speaks the word, faith substance gets deposited in your heart. Nobody else can see it. Nobody else knows it, but you carry it on the inside. Nobody else understands what you've got. And then you go tell your husband, the Lord got me pregnant. 
what? The what? And just the people around you don't understand how God has imparted something into your spirit. But man, if you'll just walk with the Lord and say, Lord, let this grow on the inside of me. Let it come to full term on the inside of me. God, I am good ground and I'm going to birth this thing in the earth for you. And it's going to produce 30, 60 and even 100 times on the seed that has been planted on the inside of me. Amen. And that's what we're preparing you for. Look at the person next to you and say, we're preparing you. God is preparing your ground. God is breaking branches, cutting off branches. He's cutting off living things. He's cutting off diseased things. Stuff that's allowed to be, have grown in the season. The Lord is coming to do a pruning. And there's a positioning right now as we're coming into September to the Pure Conference. And we're going to see the Lord then release some brand new things into your life. We're being positioned and we're being prepared to receive something from heaven in the season to take us into the new year for what God wants to do. Can I get an amen? So we have to work with the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you say, you've got to learn to work with the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. The Father is in heaven, but the Holy Ghost was sent to the earth on the day of Pentecost, not just to be with us, but to live in us. And from the inside, He unlocks the kingdom and He leads you and He guides you into all truth, right? And so the Bible clearly tells us that if we want to produce what God wants us to produce, we cannot do it without the sap. You cannot do it without the river of life. You cannot do it without the flow of the Holy Spirit. Those that are really children of God know how to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. You can read that in Romans chapter 8. Look at the person next to you and tell them, those that follow the Spirit of God are the children of God. So do you know the, do you know the following and the leading of the Holy Ghost? And you cannot sever yourself from the vine. You cannot allow yourself to be cut off from the flow of the Holy Ghost. It's like a bubbling spring that unlocks on the inside of you, and it is what you live by. You no longer live by your senses. You no longer live by your circumstances. You no longer live by the customs and the patterns of the world. You no longer live by your emotions. You now live according to the river that begins to flow on the inside of you. And that's what you have to learn to work with. Because that river attaches itself to the mind of Christ. You can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Where it talks about you have the mind of Christ so that you can see, hear, and know the things the Spirit of God is saying. Nobody can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. Like, I don't know your thoughts. Your spirit knows your thoughts. Well, nobody can know the thoughts of God except God's Spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, He connects you to the thoughts of God. He connects you to the emotions of God. He connects you to the mind of God. He connects you to the will of God. He connects you to the gifts of God. He connects you to heavenly resources. Everything you need is in that river. And as that unlocks on the inside of you, can you guys please turn me up in the monitor? I'm going to break my voice here. As you connect to that river, it produces life. 
And as you follow that river, it'll make a way in a desert and spring up life. Everything is connected to the river of God. And if you get severed from the the river, you become this dried up branch that's just hanging out, that has no life, and life just gets darker and darker and darker. You can sit in church and be dark on the inside. I was thinking about this this morning. Um, this is prophet that I listen to from time to time. Uh, really just solid guy. His name is Bobby Connor. And he's got some amazing stories, both in the natural <laughs> and in the spirit. Things that God has done with him and through him. And I believe it was him that I was listening to one day. And he said, in heaven, um, because he's had encounters where the Lord has taken him to heaven. He said, in heaven, you don't have to speak. You just have to think. And everybody hears your thoughts. So Jesus said, he said, It's not just about committing the act of adultery. If you've thought adultery, you've already committed it. Because that's how things work in heaven. And imagine your thoughts were exposed to everyone around you for a day. If you're doing O, then you need to clean your thought life up. You see, because that's your opinions. That's the selfish man speaking in your mind. And you got to bring that to the cross and crucify it there where you no longer are living in the flesh or in the dead man. You're now living in Christ where your thoughts are fixed on heaven. Ah, come on. That's what the altar is for. That's the power of the cross. Not only do we have, I found out where I got lost earlier. Not only do we have the Word of God, the fire of God, but we also got the blood of Christ. What does the blood of Christ do? It goes in to cleanse your conscience of sin so that you're free to worship God. You see, because when you close your eyes, if you've sinned, you're sin conscious, you're now reminded in the presence of the Lord of all the things you've done. Now you can't worship. i got to keep my eyes open to be entertained. Because the minute I close my eyes, I'm going to see all my sin. And I don't want to see my sin because then I have to repent and get it cleaned up. But if you will just say, you know what? I am not allowing anything to separate me from the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to forgive whoever I need to forgive. I'm going to release whatever I need to release. I'm not going to hold bitterness or judgment in my heart against anybody. And then I come to the Lord and I do a 1 John 1 verse 9. Father, please forgive me for how I treated my wife today. Lord, please forgive me for how I treated my children today. Please forgive me for my stinking opinions. For what I said and what I did. And your word says that if I will confess my sins, if I will humble myself before you, that you will wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. You'll remove my sin as far as the west is from the east. And when you will confess your sin to the Lord, and if you can't do that in your home where you can get free, then you need somebody with authority in the Spirit to pray for you to break you free. 
Because there's some things that you will not get free from all by yourself. They are strongholds that you can't break free from in your own ability unless you have an encounter with the Lord where He'll come and personally touch you in your room. And that can happen too. But for the most part, you have spiritual authority that will help you break through the things where the enemies cause you to be separated from abiding in Him. And if you get reconnected, then the flow comes again. And you guys know what I'm talking about. There's moments where you get hit, you get shaken, you stumble. Some of you have even tripped and fallen. Then you'll come and say, Pastor, pray for me. You'll get prayer, you'll get breakthrough, and you're back in the flow. You should never allow... When your life is going into self to allow it to go all the way and get totally separated and dead. You have to check your heart and know where you are with the Lord and keep a guard on your heart so that nothing causes you to be separated from Him. You need to be quick to repent. You need to be quick to say sorry. You need to be quick to fix the things you've done wrong so that you can stay where God wants you to be. Do you see how important it is to stay connected to the vine? So in the Bible, you're going to find where the Bible, and maybe we'll touch this next week. It says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do not insult the Spirit of grace. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You can, we can read those things. And it's all about your attitudes and your behavior. There's things that separate you from the flow of the Holy Spirit. If you're supposed to learn to work with Him, think of Him as like this dove. He's not a dove, but just think of the analogy of a dove sitting on your shoulder. You do the slightest thing, He's going to fly away. Are you with me? And you need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost nudges you to say something to someone or do something, then don't put up a wall and say, I'm too busy. You know how a parent gets grieved when a son, your son mistreats your daughter or your daughter mistreats your other daughter? A parent gets grieved because they're watching their kids fighting. Well, when we argue and bicker and fight amongst ourselves, it's not pleasing to the heart of the Lord. It grieves, his, it grieves the Holy Ghost because God loves all of us. As a parent, you don't like watching your kids fight. Well, God doesn't like it when we have our opinions of brothers and sisters. That's why we have to learn to walk in love in here. If we can't abide in the love of God, and you can read it in John 15, he says, the way that you remain in me is you love others as you love yourself. And so the love walk is key for where we're going in this next season. You cannot minister to somebody if you're judging them. If you have opinions about people, you put walls up and there can be no relationship where you impart life to them. And we have to come to the place where we lay down ourselves so that we can walk in the life of God and be a blessing to those around us. And that's what we're in right now. We're in a season of pruning as we're moving into the month of September. The Lord is going to be cutting things. The Lord is going to be exposing things, things that have clogged your well. He's releasing those things by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a new flow of the Holy Spirit coming to your life in this season. Amen.
Show me all the wild things that I 